think about Christmas literature, and I think there's two that we would all identify. Well, maybe three. If you if you consider the Grinch a great work of Christmas literature, and you probably should, you've got um, the Grinch by Dr. Seuss. You've got uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol, right? Scrooge. And then you've got A Visit from St. Nicholas. You probably know it as Twas the Night Before Christmas, an all-time great Christmas piece of literature. We're going to talk about that one in particular with Melissa Chimman, adjunct professor and reference librarian with the General Theological Seminary. Melissa, thanks for joining us again. Always nice to chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me again. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Do you think those, those three would be the big three of Christmas literature, The Grinch, Christmas Carol, and Twas the Night Before Christmas? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I, I think everyone um, recognizes those uh, those <laughs> titles whenever whenever you mention them. And when we take a look at how influential and formative these works of literature, especially A Visit from St. Nicholas or Twas the Night Before Christmas, it really established itself not only as a Christmas tradition, but building Christmas traditions going forward, what we actually see Christmas as being, Right. Right, absolutely. Um, the poem itself had such a huge impact on the way um, we see Santa, the image of Santa in yeah. the modern world. Because when you hear, I mean, that's where we hear about the his belly sh- shook like a bowl full of jelly, right? Exactly, so, yeah. I mean, the actual, the physical description of Santa, is that the first recorded instance of it? I always hear Coca-Cola was involved somehow. Well, right. This is one of the first instances that we see Santa kind of as the precursor to the modern image of Santa that we see with the cartoonist Thomas Bass, and then, of course, later with uh, Coca-Cola, too. Uh, this was the first instance of Santa being described as um, as actually elf-like. He's meant in this poem to be quite small, so he's the size of an elf, but um, we see more of the familiar images, too, of his white beard, his um, his jiggling belly that's a little bit bigger, his uh, rosy cheeks. Uh, those are all the uh, main images yeah. when we think of Santa, and and that's what comes forth in this poem. What about the reindeer and the sleigh? Did that come around, or was that around before this? That's a good question. This is where the most, uh, this is actually the first instance where we see um, the, this mention of reindeer. In, in previous iterations of Santa, especially in Germany, he does have companions. <laughs> One of his companions <laughs> that we kind of know of from the movies are uh, Krampus, this um, half-goat, half-demon helper that uh, helps him eat out punishments. But this, um, in this poem, it's the first instance that we see um, this reindeer led fly being mentioned. Interesting. Now, this, I, I didn't realize this. I mean, I've always thought that, you know, we, we knew who wrote it, Right. Clement Seymour, right. we understood that. That was a. It's not. There's some debate over who actually wrote this poem. Yes, there is a debate, and so um, Clement Seymour was actually a um, professor in the 19th century here at General. So, if you ask anyone here who wrote the poem, we're going yeah. to say, "Oh, yes, of course, Moore wrote it." But um, there is a claim um, from the family of Henry Livingston, who was a. Um, a poet from a, a well-known family uh, back in the 1800s who claim that um, he originally wrote the poem. Um, we see some evidence um, 
saying that, oh, uh, he was saying uh, he was reciting the poem to his children as early as 1804. And there was a manuscript that traveled from New York to Wisconsin that was lost in a fire. And his grandson um, actually spent about 30 years uh, accumulating this evidence. And all of his uh, all of his papers are actually available at the New York Historical Society. It's pretty amazing. Now, I had no idea, but we know that he wrote another one called the night after Christmas, right? That one there's no debate about. I didn't even know this one existed. Yes, it's a, it's a very um, it's a very rare poem. Um, we have a copy of it in our uh, special collections. Um, the date uh, Moore died in 1863, and our um, our copy of the poem is around 1873. Um, so about a decade after he died. Okay. And it's um, in a small pamphlet, and it's right alongside the night before Christmas. And you see a lot of parallels with this doctor who comes in to treat the children who overdosed a little bit on too many sugar pumps. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, this doctor is described as, as being uh, rosy-cheeked and, and jolly. So uh, some similarities to, to Santa, too. <laughs> Amazing. Great stuff. Uh, Melissa, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you. That's Melissa Chim, who is an adjunct professor and reference librarian with the General Theological Seminary, which I believe is in New York City.